The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome, folks. How are ya? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go again. Another week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Melinda. Oh, honey. God bless you. Just, you know, it's it's up to me to understand that not everybody hears, listens intently to the words I say. And that's okay. You know, I'd be a fool to think that you're sitting there like just every single word. She writes before I even begin. Hey, I thought you were going to be on Twitch today. I made it explicitly clear, explicitly clear that when we finish up today, I am then going to go do a little test handful of minutes, just kind of getting us used to it. See, Josh got it. Josh got it. Chris got it. You know, I don't know. I, I'm so sorry to disappoint you. Uh, the confusion, but, uh, the boys got it. So quit thinking like a girl. It is the 25th of October, 2021. This show happens each and every weekday in the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. The Eric Zane Show podcast begins now. I'm going to pay for that one. Hello, this is Rick from TC Paintball. You're listening to The Eric Zane Show, a show where the host makes the audience create intros, complains about them, and then refuses to play the correct ones. And now, because I'm required to, here's Eric Zane. Thank you. Just realize the dogs don't have water. If you can see over my uh, right shoulder, where it says Eric Zane Show, you see that little spot of red there? That's the water bowl. And they're going to need water. I've got water right here. Okay, I need to give them this water. Hang on. We'll do this all over again. Hello, this is Rick from TC Paintball. You're listening to The Eric Zane Show, a show where the host makes the audience create intros, complains about them, and then refuses to play the correct ones. And now, because I'm required to, here's Eric Zane. supposed to be on Twitch today. I'm confused. Daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. Thank you for being here. Part of it. Uh, all right. So yeah, the show is underway. And of course you can check it out live, uh, for now on Facebook Facebook.com slash Eric Zane fan page brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Shit, I knew I forgot something. It says show title still says Friday. Hmm. All right, I'm going to start the whole thing over again. 
This is the first ever time it's been three restarts. So uh, check back. No, I'm just kidding. I'll just have to fix it. Hang on a second. Off to a rough start. Monday live with Eric Zane. I don't know if it'll change on your end, though. Joe Pellerito writes, Jason Terry shout out. He completed the Ann Arbor half marathon yesterday. He beat your time, Eric. Well, uh, good. Congratulations. Um, that is, that is, that is a, a great thing to accomplish getting a half marathon done. Well done, Jason. <clears throat> okay. Uh, show on Twitter as well. Periscope video. Uh, I take it back. Periscope's done. It's just a Twitter video now. They've like changed it. Twitter is brought to you by Blue Frost IT. At Eric Zane Show on Twitter. YouTube. The almighty YouTube. Brought to you by Frank the Tank Fuss. And My Policy Shop Insurance. Uh, Eric Zane Show on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Bell notification. Thumbs up button. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A busy, busy weekend. First of all... Uh, Melinda was ahead of the curve, no doubt. Twitch.com slash Eric Zane live. When we get done with this show, I'm going to kick it over to Twitch. Just a handful of minutes as I'm trying to uh, get myself familiar with the uh, ins and outs of how that platform works. Eventually, this show will be seen um, the live stream only on Twitch. Later on in the day, a recorded version will show up on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. But um, essentially, if you want it live, you got to be on Twitch. Now, all I'm asking you to do for the first few days is just follow the page. Twitch.com slash Eric Zane live. Um, shortly after getting started, this will bore you, but they will grant me affiliate status. That's when you will sign up with your Amazon Prime account. More details on that. But for now, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Just know that uh, in these first few days, I will direct you with everything you need to know. And today, I uh, will do a follow-up show. Not a follow-up show. A handful of minutes on there. Honestly, don't expect any groundbreaking material from your old pal, Eric Zane. Some of you... <coughs> Uh, would say that I don't do any groundbreaking material. I'm just a lazy fuck. And uh, I'm doing it all. I'm doing everything wrong. I'm doing everything wrong, according to Bleeding Heart Brian. Boy, you know, normally when I lash out at someone, I feel bad about it. Uh, when I tell someone to go fuck themselves. And, well, I haven't on that one at all. Boy, that guy, what a, he really showed his ass. Um, you know, if he apologized to me, I would be happy to say, well, yeah, I, I forgive you. I'm probably not going to keep you as close as I, uh, as I did. Uh, but of course I forgive you. Um, <laughs> the, the fact that he's like, he reaches out. No, you're doing, you're doing your show wrong. You're doing everything wrong. And, uh, this is what you need to know. And, uh, and all this shit. And, uh, 
And I basically just said, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. Take it or leave it. That's my show. We talked about that on Friday. Um, and then I let him have it on this show. Um, I, I, I don't feel in any way bad about telling that guy to fuck off. And that's rare for me. Like I indicated, I normally like, ah, oh God, I, sh- I shouldn't overreacted. No, I, I, I feel pretty, pretty great about that right now. Um, and then, um, I don't know, because any of you who have enjoyed anything on the show, and then if I did something you didn't like, you might say to me, oh, you f- fucking asshole, don't do Cardiff Electric anymore. But then uh, to follow up with a super serious, dramatic, over-the-top email, it's like, oh, my God. Uh, that was, you, w- you would never dream of that. And all of you, when I read to you assholes uh, email to me, you were like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? I was like, what the? F-? All right. So I, that's where I left it. So um, he no doubt listened and he's probably listening now, lurking, do it, whatever. I don't give a shit, frankly. I'm still so uh, GD pissed off about this. He uh, follows up Saturday. Subject line, end of an era. End of an era. You, okay. You listening to a podcast is the end of an era. Um, I wish you, your family, and the show nothing but the best success. No refund necessary on Patreon. I gladly and proudly paid those funds. If you ever feel as though you'd like to put this behind us. I didn't present anything in the first place. I was sitting there minding my own business and you started telling me how to do my fucking job. I have nothing to put behind. I didn't do anything wrong. I did what I've always done for the last three years. So I don't have to put anything behind us. I'm just every day in here trying to do a fun show and you're the fucking asshole that's beating the shit out of me like and, and like you have some fucking sway if you ever feel as though you'd like to put this behind us and possibly understand where i was coming from you're not coming from anywhere you sit there and you listen i'd welcome that dialogue privately nah no, thanks. It, if I'm going to discuss anything, I'll do it in front of the people who care about me. So eat shit. You know where to reach me. If necessary. Best regards. Brian Post. What a dick. This guy really thinks he's something special. What a fucking crash and burn this was. What a cock. I wrote, I said all I wanted to say to you on the podcast and in my email. Again, if you don't like something about the show, see yourself out. And I've always said that. This is now at least three times that I can recall someone giving me a goodbye letter. Anna, 
uh, Jim Brady and Bleeding Heart Brian with his mouth. Just go. It's okay. You can just leave. You don't have to make such a big fucking dramatic deal. It's all right. Oh, my God. Get over yourself. Holy shit. Woo-wee. Uh, if you remember, he was like, yeah, um, you are a terrible uh, podcaster because you interact with your audience. Uh, what? Uh, I, I have gathered the uh, ability to discern um, things in the comments that contribute to the conversation. Keep it going. You know, like if somebody wrote out, hey, I got a flat tire on the way to work today. If I suddenly just stopped what I was discussing which is you and then read that well yeah you'd have a point but uh holy cow uh josh just getting up to speed he's like who are we talking about dude you gotta go back to friday you have to go back to friday and hear all this melinda writes okay i like brian and so and so uh well i did i did like brian i don't like him right now Okay, I like Brian, but he was wrong. When you are live, the audience interaction is the best part. Not at all a cry for content. He's got that so wrong. Thank you, Melinda. The Duchess says, yeah, don't feel bad at all about that. I was just talking about this with my lady friends at Fazoli's on Saturday, Eric saying. I had to buy some sneakers from a hussy, from a hubby. Can't even do it. <laughs> and we stopped at Fazoli's. They got a beautiful all-you-can-eat breadsticks and lasagna. And we were discussing this exact thing, Eric, saying, don't you feel bad about that. Oh, my God. Patriot Nick says, anybody else get the mental image of Brian writing this with a feather pen? Eric Zane. Um, I'm not sure what Ken means there. Uh, we have an absolutely shit day here where we live. And uh, frankly, the whole country is getting murdered right now. I think with the exception of like where Sarah Rook Rock uh, Roosh is, uh, is at right now, Key West, Michigan, Midwest is getting hammered. The, uh, the East Coast is getting another Nor'easter. Those are never fun. I've had to live through a few of those Nor'easters. Never, never good. Uh, and then the West Coast is getting a bomb cyclone, which is just a torrential soaking. And, uh, and the way, uh, you know, some of the areas of California scorched by fires, there's nothing to, like, break up the water flows, and the, the ground is solid as a rock. After the fire, so it's just mudslides, people dying. Oh, my God. Uh, Kent dropped the E at a U. Uh, indicates. Want me to text Bleeding Heart Brian's sister and ever tell him to stop being a twat? Uh, no, I think he knows he's a twat. His sister was my neighbor. I know them well. 
Boomer Bob from Alabama. Alab Greenbow, Alabama. It's a podcast, not an airport. No need to announce your departure. It's all fun and games until someone decides to fill out a comment card. Bleeding Heart Brian, as much as I, uh, I think he's he's very smart. Uh, I've I've enjoyed my conversations with him. This is a, you know, I I I would call him from time to time just to shoot the shit. Okay, that's what's so fucked up about this. Um. Uh, what the fuck was I gonna say? Oh, but he's also he seems supremely stubborn. Like I I would hope that this asshole. Uh, addresses this with his wife and uh, and reads word for word what he sent me and then my response. And she's probably going to go, yeah, you might want to just fucking take a back seat, uh, sit a few plays out. If I were you, I would just say, hey, sorry about that. I don't know what my problem was and then it'll all be good. But until then, fuck off. I don't need that type of fucking aggravation in my life. I got enough going on here. The queen of the forest is off today. Substitute teaching again. Okay. The big laugh around the household was that um, she found out that she's she's working uh, yesterday. And she's substitute teaching orchestra at the high school. Orchestra. Okay, now I'm like, well, this is going to be great. Now, of course, she has to follow the lesson plan. So the uh, the teacher will have submitted something that the uh, that the students can do in there. But I'm like, holy cow! Bunch of kids in the orchestra class. I can imagine these kids will all burn their instruments by the time you're done with them. Um, essentially, it seems to me like substitute teacher in a lot of ways, especially in this case, all you do is read the lesson plan that the teacher, the orchestra instructor wants the kids to do. And then you just sit there, right? That position, the substitute teacher gets paid considerably more than the previous job that she had at the school of Parapro. Which I mean, you're you're in the thick of it, and she was a uh, special ed parapro. So Diana is like, I mean, you're working. There's a lot of um, um, uh, moments that require, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of active participation by the parapro, and just paid a ooh horrible wage. They they have got to improve the pay there. I, I think that that's a uh, thing that has to happen because the uh, money she's making now is like, oh my God, am I got, this is ridiculous. They got it ass backwards, but then they wouldn't have anybody to do the uh, fucking substitute teacher job. It's just screwed up. I don't know. Uh, around the house this weekend, I have been getting my balls busted by audience members, by the queen of the forest about my in a bit, my uh, how I've neglected basically everything in this household. I haven't, you know, the whole business about the basement not being painted. Um, well, you need to know that I have replaced 
like running and shit like that. Not that I did a lot of it as evidenced by my horrible performance in the Grand Rapids half marathon, but I'm like, okay, I'm focused. Let's do this. Great weekend. Great weekend. Your old pal, Eric Zane was all about that. So I had to walk around the basement. First of all, I had to clean up all the dog poop that was down there. It's like, it's my backyard. These idiots sneak down there and take a dump. Then, uh, you know, all the moldings that go around the, the, uh, door casings, you know, and the, uh, at the bottom of the uh, wall by the floor, there's the, uh, trim pieces or the molding. I had to pop all those off. I was already about two thirds of the way done with this, but there was like a ton more that had to come off. So that was on Friday. All of those come off. And then there's still like brads or little nails going through the pieces of trim that they all have to come out. Cause I'm recycling all this shit. I'm not buying anything new. Fuck no. So I got to like, uh, uh, clip the brads and then pound them through and remove them, which is a huge pain in the ass. But there I was, I was doing it. I was getting it done. I did it for until the, uh, until the NFK went to bed. I was like, oh man, queen of the forest going to be happy. She was out drinking with her friend comes home. What's the, what's the deal while you were gone? I was like, I worked. I worked I, downstairs. Go check it out. She's like, okay. So I'm like, this is great. Then she has been uh, uh, bugging me to get, okay. She buys like, uh, uh, you know, uh, pieces of furniture and things like that. And they show up. It's the stuff that you got to assemble with those like cam bolts and the shitty stuff like that. It's not expensive or anything, but they, they, there's these end tables that she, that she purchased. And then she bought a, a dresser for the NFK and she bought a cat tree. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, I wake up Saturday and there I was with my little Allen wrench building all this shit. And I'm just, I'm, I'm killing it. It's all getting done. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is what it feels like to get something done around the house. And then, uh, Hey, hey Kyle from dumpster Davis. Hey Zane, I got a dumpy here for you. He drops off a dumpster. And then it's like, I love this moment when you just start throwing shit into the dumpster. We threw out so much shit. Some of that stuff was still good. And I didn't care. TVs. Um, oh my God. I wanted to throw out a bunch of laptops, but I'm, I, I heard you're not supposed to do that. I heard you're supposed to wipe them clean and then recycle them. But the dumpster is just more than half full of shit around this house. And there is no better feeling in the world than getting rid of it. Just get it out of here. Oh my God. While cleaning the closet in uh, one portion of our house, I discovered something that is a piece of show and tell for the Eric Zane show podcast. By the way, the Duchess says drill the hard drive. You mean like with, with like a drill, like destroy it. Is that all you do? All right. While in the closet, Diana pulls out. She goes, oh, whose is this? And it says, our baby on the book. And uh, she goes, whose baby book is this? And I go, that's mine. My baby book so i think i'd take i took a look at this once before but uh true to form especially with your fourth kid i don't know about you but when our firstborn when jim was born i mean everything in that baby book 
was filled out. I mean, like every page. And then uh, this uh, for for Jackie, it's kind of like ah, eh, we did we did all right. Madison's it's like still in the wrapper. So I give my mom credit; she actually filled this one out pretty well. But in it, I discovered that um, when I was six weeks old, on roughly August twenty first. 1970, my mom and my dad and my three brothers all went up to Fear Bunker North. Yes, this has been in the family for quite some time, that piece of property that I bought off my dad. Look at this. There you go. Okay. So I I can't I can't quite picture where this is. The first thing I did when I looked at this picture was first of all I checked out how adorable I am. Uh, where actually, but the fact that that's the exact same piece of property that right now I go to on a regular basis. This is my oldest brother Michael, regular Mike, who just looks like a classic 1950s kid. You know, you picture. Uh, uh, the movie Stand By Me. Look at him. <laughs> you four-eyed fuck. <laughs> Good looking kid, though. Look at my mom. Oh, my God. Look at her. God rest her soul. Hey, how you doing? That's right, David. With this second husband, I know it's going to work out forever. Oh, no. And then look at your old pal, Eric. Ah, give me some titty. Hey, mom, I'm going to tell everybody to fuck off in 51 years. Hey, Bleeding Heart Brian, fuck you. There. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That is uh, my mom. She is just uh, one month past 34 years old. My brother's 12 years older than me. So he's uh, obviously a 12 year old kid there. I was only a month old, six weeks old. There you go. That is the, uh, that is classic. A couple other pictures of me in the uh, baby book that I don't have uh, right now. My uh, stomach was all um, like bloated because I had colic. Adam says, you look like you're smoking a cigarette. You know, I didn't really think about that. <laughs> my tongue is sticking out so it might be like a stogie or a cigar and i have my hands positioned away like yeah i can't wait to finish this smoke oh my god that was it the exact spot fear bunker north where that took place holy shit uh Madison really looks like your mother, says Jason Schaefer. And that's funny because I've, um, I've, uh, uh, I have a, a picture that I've shown before a comparison of my mother and Madison at about the same age, like eight or nine. And you're right. They're exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, they look just like each other. Unbelievable. Give me some titty. We'll make my Eric Zane soundboard says John Jamingo. Give me some titty. Yeah, you got to get it clean. Oh, I want some tit. There you go. Okay. 
So that's what's up. I know that, uh, you know, that's, that's all weird because I'm telling you, as Brian puts it, some Brady Bunch stories, but I'd like to think that uh, those are the kind of the moments that I've, uh, that I've been telling you from the very beginning. Uh, not really much of a departure on my show from when I first started, which is why when I announce what this show is, news, nonsense, and my daily adventures, that's what that is. So that's why it pisses me off even more. And I know I keep going back to this, but I'm still really pissed off about this. Um, uh, about, uh, it's suddenly a surprise that I'm talking about shit around my house. Fuck you. Fucking smart ass. Don't come back. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. Man. Again, normally I feel bad about this shit, but I think it's, it's real growth. If I can look at someone who insults me like that and uh, I can tell them to go fuck themselves and then not feel bad about it. It's okay to do that, right? I mean, am I wrong? Or do I just sit there and go, okay, I'll just change whatever the fuck I'm doing for you. Fuck that. All right. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com. That is the platform that I launched uh, just about three years ago and made me incredibly happy and um, uh, revitalized knowing that I could do a podcast and make a living doing it. So thank you so much if you've ever supported on Patreon. Um, even if you uh, did and then stopped, that's that's cool too. You've uh, really helped the show. Even like Brian, I thank him for being on Patreon for as long as he did. Hell, he might still be on there. I don't even know. Uh, I would doubt it after I've been telling him to fuck off for the last two days, but uh, who gives a shit? That's your own problem. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Eric Zane is all one word. If you want more content, go to my Patreon. Uh, I put a ton up there just so that you can uh, have uh, more to listen to. Okay, hopefully you'll uh, glom on to everything else that's going on uh, that is on there. In fact, I sent out five, count them, five emails yesterday to various Patreon members wanting to know if they wanted to play uh, smarter than a former drug dealer trivia. In fact, Boomer Bob, I am pretty sure I sent one to you um, about playing smarter than a former drug dealer trivia. Uh, so I am looking for a new player. All right. And you can, uh, if you want to respond to that email, I can get you in here. You play Dale in trivia on Tuesday. Okay. Adam says, perhaps it would help soothe your rage if you mailed out an LP or something. I swear to God, you're right. I have to send you the Twisted Sister record. Adam says, also, I've never played. Invite me. Well, I haven't heard from these bastards. So that's uh, that's a great thing. As long as your phone works. Yeah, dude, I got to send you that record. I am so sorry. I'm such an idiot. Yes, it's coming. I I know I've said that before, but I don't mean it again. All right. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane for more content. It's all available there. Up to 15 hours plus of, uh, of content on my Patreon. And the open and live stream brought to you today by TC Paintball. Featuring the November 21, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, uh, Paintball War number 16, the Slaughter of the Pilgrims. Okay? 
If you are in, you got to reach out to me, Eric at EricZaneShow.com, if you want to play paintball. You can't write in on the live stream because I, I don't see all those messages. You got to send me an email if you're coming. Okay. So I'm hoping to get uh, Gabe the Honduran and his crew, which numbered, I think, 14 for the last one, which kind of got screwed up. That's a ton. Holy shit. You guys, all you dudes, uh, uh, Gabe the Honduran and his band of Mexican friends, you all can dress up like the pilgrims. Okay. And then all these crazy white people will dress up like the Indians. And we'll have a big, crazy, weirdo war on the paintball pitch. That would be fantastic. TCPaintballGR.com if you want to schedule your own party. For Paintball War 16 on November 21, it's going to cost you 35 bucks. That is a discounted rate. You get a pizza party beforehand from BC Pizza, and I want to see you all there at TC Paintball. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about getting a little bit of work done finally on the basement. That means I'm uh, uh, one step closer. Probably still have to go another 1 million steps of uh, getting T uh, Bennett flooring installation to install some flooring in the Eric Zancho podcast household. When you need the flooring installed, call Bennett, 616-318-0167. That's 616-318-0167. They'll come to your house if you are in the West Michigan area. Uh, call or text that number and say, hey, can you come see me? If you say, well, I'm up in Traverse City, that's probably not going to happen. But if you're in the area, this is what you do. Uh, you won't find a cheaper way to get something done so professionally. Okay. As professional as anybody, I would say, dare I say more professional. You're just not paying the big ticket. All right. So there you go. And then of course we have comedy going on this week. Full house comedy.com. First of all, Rodney Norman, who looks like he's homeless, is going to be at the Park Theater coming up on October 28th. This guy might be 40 years old, but because he has gray hair, a long beard, and long hair, he looks like he's 65. You hear that, Jason Teary? Shave your dumb beard. On the 29th, Rodney Norman is going to be at, the, at uh, Rockford Lanes, and then on the 30th, Back Alley Comedy Club in Muskegon. You want tickets? Fullhousecomedy.com. Okay, hang on. Got to take a drink. Lucas Raymond had four points last night and a hat trick for the Red Wings. And man, do they need that. Because they got their asses handed to them in Montreal over the weekend on uh, Saturday. I think it was like six to one. I mean, it was ugly. Doesn't help when your leading scorer at the time, Tyler Bertuzzi uh, is a thick skulled moron who won't get vaccinated. So they won't let him into Canada. Uh, they then traveled to Chicago last night and beat the shit out of him. Six to three Lucas Raymond. Uh, uh, very quickly a candidate for rookie of the year for the wings. Oh my God. 19 years old. Um, the number three hockey league in the world is the Swedish league. 
The number one league is the NHL. The number two is the KHL. And the number three league in the world is the Swedish league. He's been playing uh, in the Swedish league since he was 16 years old with like men. Oh, three goals last night. He, the, the dude, he didn't even uh, go to the Griffins. He just went from the Swedish league till he was 19 years old. The Wings drafted him last year in the 2020 draft, fourth overall. He played last year in uh, back in Sweden. And then this year he shows up at training camp and kicks all manner of ass and uh, wins a spot on the Wings. And he's just a beast. Stoked about that. Wings much better this year, even though they suck shit after starting out 2-0-1. Okay. Now, as you know, I like to give my take on my local sports teams like I just did. And so um, I'm hoping that those of you that don't give a shit, because I care so fucking much, you might be like, hey, uh, I'm going to follow along with that story. Now, I'm not expecting you to go and like get a fucking Red Wings jersey or Detroit Lions jersey or any of that shit. But there's, okay, let me start with this. First of all, college football is very, very great right now, okay? And it isn't just, uh, I mean, this is like all around the country. It's an absolutely fantastic year. And don't look now, motherfuckers, but Alabama is back. Um, I'm looking at the odds of getting in uh, for uh, for national championship, uh, national title contenders. And uh, they have the second best odds right now at nine to four. Now they didn't have exactly the easiest time with Tennessee over the weekend, but they pulled away late and Tennessee's no slouch, but uh, Alabama, uh, even though it's a year that's a little bit wonky for them, they're still title contenders, national title contenders. So uh, they, I think in the rankings leapfrogged uh, Oklahoma and uh, Alabama is now third in the nation in the coaches' poll. Uh, Oklahoma had a horrible time against shitty Kansas, but uh, they still stay, they're still undefeated. So Alabama beats uh, a, a pretty good Tennessee team, and they're now third in the nation. Georgia has five to four odds of being the national champion this year. They are still in the top spot. Um, and uh, Clemson is in the coaches' poll is second, but I'm not buying this Clemson shit. There's no way in hell. Come on, not Clemson, Cincinnati. What am I doing? Uh, Cincinnati. Since and the and the uh, the odds makers believe that because Georgia has five to four odds being national champion. Alabama is second with nine to four odds. Ohio State, who kicked Indiana's ass, have nine to one odds. Oklahoma, fourteen to one odds. Cincinnati, yeah, that's about right. Twenty-five to one odds. They have the fifth best odds of being national champions. So, at the end of the day, like if the uh, playoffs were to start right now, I would hope Cincinnati would be out. I don't think they would be because the poll, the polls don't go on uh, odds; they go on, you know, uh, points uh, and and polls, not odds. Uh, but as it stands. The Wolverines have a have 40 to one odds after they beat the shit out of Northwestern as they should have Oregon 60 to one odds, Penn state 80 to one odds, even though they just lost and uh, Oklahoma state 80 to one Michigan state 80 to one. So these are all long shots. Um, Penn state, OSU, Michigan state, Iowa, uh, even Oregon at 60 to one. However, however, 
Six is taken on nine on Saturday from Spartan Stadium. Michigan travels to Michigan State. Oh, my God. They're both undefeated. Fuck, yes. That's the game of the weekend. I love that. Again, I don't have a rooting interest in either one of these two teams. I don't give a fuck. I just love the drama. And you get the, the backyard brawl. Holy shit. It's about time that this game meant something. You know, I mean, who knew that this was going to happen at the start of the season? If you looked ahead of this game, you'd have thought like both teams would suck tons of dick, but they're killing it. They're both playing very, very well. In fact, okay. Um, you can't, it's some things would have to happen. I think that if Michigan or Michigan state, excuse me, wins out, I think you got a uh, pretty good chance that, uh, um, either one of the teams, if they went out to being in the playoffs, uh, more so Michigan, um, because, uh, they're, they're, they're a higher rank right now. But I think that, uh, if they both go unbeaten, you would have to put them into the playoffs. I mean, seriously, there's, uh, uh, how many unbeaten teams you got, Georgia, you got, uh, um, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State right now in the top 10, I believe, are the only unbeaten teams. All right? So this is great. I love this. Uh, I am really stoked about that game on Saturday. It, the bummer is it starts at noon. Come on. That's a, that's a 7 p.m. game, man. Come on. The whole world needs to see that when they're all fucking drunk. If that game happened in East Lansing at 7 p.m. after that ridiculous partying bunch of student body uh, students at Michigan state. Oh my God. It's different. Michigan state partying than Michigan partying. Okay. If that game started at 7 PM and then Michigan state won, Oh, it would be like an asteroid hit East Lansing. The whole city would burn. Oh, they'd rip out all the seats. They'd rip the goalposts down. They'd rip up the turf. Everybody would lose their mind. Bunch of crazy fucks wandering in the street. Wow, would that be fantastic. It still might go that way. Uh, Josh says, are you saying we won't be drunk by noon? No, I don't doubt it. As well as you should. And then you're going to watch that game. Uh, Spartan fans, if they win that thing. Oh, my God. Michigan fans, I don't know. I don't really expect too much from Michigan fans when it comes to couch burning. But Spartan fans, I expect couch burning. And you better. There better be a freaking riot. Uh, Sam says, a pretty good chance. If either of them went out, they will be in. Well, yeah. Um, Hold on a second. Let me take a look at that. Let's just say Georgia wins out. If Georgia wins out, would that mean that they would... Okay, that would mean that, um, okay, so if Alabama plays Georgia in the SEC championship, and I think they would, are they in different divisions? Is that is that a thing? I don't even know. Um, and I'm too lazy to look. So that would mean that there's potential for Georgia to have a loss. Alabama to have one loss. Oklahoma could have no losses. And Cincinnati could have no losses. 
if that were the case, you're telling me that Michigan, based on the rest of the season, or Michigan State, they would replace, they would have to replace Georgia or Alabama, right? If Georgia does end up playing Alabama in the SEC championship and beats them, that would mean Alabama would have two losses. That would be the best opportunity, I think, for either a, an unbeaten Michigan or an unbeaten Michigan State team to go in because there's no, there. it wouldn't be right to keep two-loss Alabama in the playoffs and undefeated Michigan or Michigan State out, correct? Very uh, early to be doing hypotheticals on this scenario. The Big Ten champion will likely make the playoff. Sam says there's no way they leave an undefeated Big Ten team out. All right. We shall see. I love this so much. So fantastic. Zane, I'm really impressed with you following sports. Yesterday. The Lions. Pulled out all the stops on the road in Los Angeles. A lot of fight in those Lions. They got to keep that type of intensity. You'll win some games this year if you play like you did yesterday. Fake punts, fake field goals, going forward on fourth down. Before I get to that, Sam says you're probably some Minger State fan, aren't you, Zane? I already spoke of this, asshole. Were you not listening or were you not here? I said, I don't give a shit who wins that game. I don't care. I don't have a rooting interest in any college football team. I just love the games. I love the drama. I do not have an allegiance either way. When I was a kid, I rooted for Michigan. Sam says, no, I just got here. Well, all right, you're excused. Anyway, back to my lines. Everybody, this is what we talked about uh, before the weekend when I had a huge on. I go, it would be just like them to suck us back in and somehow beat the Rams. Now, they did not beat the Rams. Okay? Schaefer says, hey, I called it last week. Do a bunch of trick plays and Hail Marys. What do you have to lose? Well, you're right because they did that. And man, it was fun. Hey, you know, I mean, excuse me. We all knew what the fuck was going to happen there. I mean, they started doing the old settle for field goals thing that we've uh, grown to grown accustomed to stand by my throat's killing me. Sorry about this. So we knew that that was going to happen. But uh, I fully expected that with the second half getting underway that the Rams would have made some adjustments and just started beating the shit on uh, on the Lions. But they didn't. I, You know, I I was really liking the uh, way the Lions were able to run the ball, first of all. And they were doing it like old school, three yards in a cloud of dust. But they were getting some huge, uh, they were gashing the the Rams defense with some of those uh, running plays. 
I guess the guy is DeAndre Swift. And then some other guy, I think they got him from Green Bay named Williams. I don't know who the fuck he is. But those two guys ran the ball. Oh, my God. There was one play in the first half for the Lions where that DeAndre Swift dude, who looks very powerful, was running the ball and some little shit, skin and bones, pipsqueak defensive back was trying to tackle him. And Swift hit this poor son of a bitch and his body went, it was all like contorted. Like he just, everything just blew up inside of his skin. And I'm like, oh, that guy's paralyzed. There's no way this guy's ever walking again. His spine is going to shoot out in powder form out of a, out of his dick tip because of that impact. Did you, you did you see the play I was talking about? The guy just laid there like, oh, oh, oh my God. He's like Stephen Hawking laying there in the field. And they're, they're all gathered around him. Coach for the Rams comes out. He's like, how oh, you doing? What's going on? You're all fucked up. This guy, he didn't move. And Swift's like, yeah, I'm a bitch. That's right. That guy, those two dudes can really, they are punishing painful running backs, those two. Oh, my God. And uh, so then, um, and, and so the offensive line was run blocking very well. Those They were just running like right off the center and right off the guard, right off the tackle. Oh, God. They were really, and then, so you got like the Rams are up by five points. Okay, and the Lions get the ball. And they're marching down the field, just handing the ball off to these two bitch running backs. And the defense of the Rams like, oh, no, don't give it to him again. Please do something fucked up. Throw a pass so we can pick it off. And uh, I think there was a running play that got called back on a hole, which didn't look like a hole. That's a typical lion thing that had to have happened to them or some bullshit call on the left guard. I think it was Panay Sewell got called. Just bullshit. Maybe it was a tight end. And so then you're looking at, uh, I don't even know what if it was third down or fourth down, but we put two receivers to the right side, and they kind of, it was shitty because Goff threw the ball into the end zone, and there was like, uh, 45 members of the LA Rams in the end zone. And golf's like, yeah, this looks like a great place to throw the ball. And it was, ugh, fuck. it was a horribly, it was a horrible looking play from the beginning. Everybody was all bunched up there. You got two lions, 56 members of the Rams and golf throws it to, you know, some guy, Jalen, what's his fuck? Jalen Ramsey, something or other. I don't know who the fuck he is. Easy pickoff. Game over. And that's it. I was like, ah, you know, I even tweeted about it. I was like, ah, you know, we knew that was going to happen. I, I'm not even mad about that. I That is supposed to happen. Okay? That is absolutely appropriate. So they uh, lose another one. Oh, and seven on the year now. They, I uh, believe, they host Philly. Um, Stafford. Uh, Sam says, "I hope all the people who always hated on Stafford see how stupid that was." Now, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they always did. I always loved Matt Stafford. Um, I, I knew he would play like a, a an, an absolute stud. Like he he played like an absolute stud in Detroit. And typical Detroit fans, uh, dumb shits like huge blaming him for the problems. Like, dude, 
he's a Hall of Famer. Okay, that's like blaming Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson for the Lions not winning. Oh, no, it's Matt Stafford's fault. I'm a stupid shit. How do you... What the fuck? The only three good players we've ever had on the team. And uh, they're all Hall of Famers. And they're either... They, they, they hate the team. They don't want anything to do with them. I'm so glad Matt Stafford is out of there. Uh, he says, I'm, uh, Samson is my favorite player of all time. And I'm not old enough to remember Barry. Yeah. I've always liked Stafford. I've always, I've always liked him, but, uh, good job for the lions for, you know, not giving up. They still suck tons of dick. Uh, now if they play that well against the Eagles, they will murder the Eagles in Detroit on Sunday. Okay. The only that they have a chance of winning that one. They have a chance of beating the bears at home. They have a chance of beating the Vikes at home. They still have a chance. I think to win three or four games. All right. But that's not all the drama. Tom Brady threw his 600th, uh, touchdown pass over the weekend. So Brian, sorry about that. Uh, as Tampa wins again. When uh, I think it was Mike Evans who caught the touchdown pass for Tampa. Uh, he didn't realize what was going on and he gave the ball to some kid. Okay. Or a fan or yeah, I think it was someone, some adult fan. And uh, uh, then like the equipment manager walked up, he said, Hey, can I have the actual ball back? And we'll give you, uh, you know, another ball. Uh, Tom will sign it and, you know, trade. And the fan gives the ball back. It was cool. Great. So now Brady gets the ball. He indicated afterwards because I usually don't collect that stuff. But this one, I, I kind of wanted that one. So, okay. Um, Tony Romo and Jim Nance on CBS and their uh, broadcast of the game, they're uh, watching that moment. It's a 10-second clip of the trainer looking up to the front row and, the fan is like, oh, okay. And he gives the ball back to the guy. Now, listen to this comment. And um, then maybe you can figure out what is going on here. Check this out. Negotiations in NFL history. <laughs> right here. He's like, we need that ball. That's 600. What? Really? So what do you want? A million? No. Oh, no A day this, with this, Giselle. A day with off. Giselle and I'm in. Tom? Okay, Tom will do it. He'll love it. One time. You got it. Tony Romo made a silly joke and let's fire up the outrage machine. Let's fire up the outrage machine. Get, 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 yeah, we're going to get outrage. Get really pissed, fired up the outrage, outrage machine. Yeah, let's cancel Tony Robo. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I never really got the, the gist of that. There. That was horrible. Tony Robo said, Oh, yeah, I get a date with the Giselle. What? People are so fucking pissed. Romo is under 
huge fire from the Twitterverse, which means nothing. It's not a real place. It doesn't mean shit. Tony Romo's joke about Giselle uh, went viral. And basically, this is uh, this is what happens. This is how you, you write a sports blog. You just take people's tweets, put a few words around them, and you've got a piece of material. And that's fine. I don't give a shit. I just love looking at how stupid people are. This person writes, this person has a blue check mark, McNeil. Tony Romo thinks Tom Brady is willing to pimp out Giselle to a random fan for a football. No, I don't know. That could be a joke. This guy could just be joking. Chris Hubbs writes, hey, Tony Romo, I love you commenting, commentating, but that crack about offering the fan a date with Giselle to get back the football from Tom Brady's 600th TD pass was in horrible taste. Do better. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Damn it. Hold on. I'm sounding like Tony Romo. People who use do better need to do better. That is so overused. Do better. I want to punch anybody in the face who says do better. Liz writes Tony Romo joking about a date with Giselle as if her time and attention are something for men to trade and use as needed is utterly disgusting. These are real. These are real things people are saying. The the Duchess writes, is this a joke? People are really pissed. No, they are. They are really pissed. This is so funny. Shalise writes, unlike to become a column, but the number of people saying the Bucks fan who gave the 600th TD ball TD ball back should get a night with Giselle. Gross. Y'all literally pimp out your wives, significant others for memorabilia. Really? No, not really. It's a joke. Okay. Not really. Ange writes, and she wrote this at Giselle Bunchen and at Tom Brady, at Giselle official is not at Tom Brady's property to pimp out, by the way. This was a disgusting comment, and I am waiting patiently for at Tony Romo's apology statement. I can't even get pissed. It's just too ridiculous. Sarah wrote proud moment at Tony Romo disgusting at NFL. But what do we expect? <laughs> uh, this person who has a uh, Pittsburgh Penguins uh, logo for a uh, Twitter pick. So this makes all the sense in the world because Penguins fans are twats. Writes. So is anyone going to talk about how inappropriate it was that Romo thought Brady should give that fan a date with Giselle at NFL at Tony Romo? Women are not items for trade. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Thanks for clearing that up. 
Tony Romo doubling, Marissa says Tony Romo doubling down on how a random fan should get a date with Giselle for giving back the football was gross and so inappropriate. Tony Romo has just yet to speak out about his comments. Well, oh man. So I just finished, um, <clears throat> I just finished watching the back half of, uh, Chappelle's the closer. He talks a little bit about, uh, this type of mentality in the world about, uh, ruining a person attempts to ruin a person's livelihood over things like this. Now this would this this will never happen. I don't think to Tony Romo. Can you, now if this happens, we need to actually have a civil war. I would actually ha- uh, encourage war uh, against the woke. If this were to happen, if Tony Romo gets canceled over this, okay. I mean this this one might be the most ridiculous thing ever. Oh, Melissa says, I'm no Giselle, but I'd go on a date with Tony Romo. Well, who wouldn't? I'm right there with you. Good point, Kate. Although I'm sure Terry Bradshaw is thrilled the heat is now off of him. That's right. Didn't Terry Bradshaw do something when he he said, you got your boots and your shirt and... Uh, uh, or, uh. And you've got your cowboy boots on and your shirt. Um, Sam says, Zane, you have one foot in the woke pond. I will go this far with you. I read it all and then I discern. I will never paint with a broad stroke and just say, I'm not, no one deserves to be canceled. There are people who actually do deserve to be canceled. That, that is, uh, that is the thing. So, all right, I, I'll give you, I'll tell you what, I have a toe in the woke pond, one toe. But no, I don't think, uh, all one or all the other. I'm sure as hell not going to let you convince me otherwise, idiot. So getting back to this Chappelle thing. Uh, this may have been one of the uh, the best things I've ever viewed, ever. Uh, when, when a performer can just pull it out of you. Oh, God, was that great. Laughter. Uh, I just even, even more so than that, there, there, there's a very serious side to the end of, uh, the closer with Dave Chappelle, but my God, what a, what a skilled, wonderful soul he is. I, I just, I can't get over him. I, I, I actually feel blessed that someone is like him is willing to share what he shares. Oh, my God. Just can't get over it. Um, 
Absolutely fantastic. And I now have figured out why he called it the closer. At least this is what I think. I don't know this for sure. Why is it called the closer? Um, I might be wrong here, but I think what he's referring to is the last 15 minutes of it. Everybody's like, yeah, we all knew that. Um, his, his final story, his final, uh, anecdote, um, it's, it's a one part serious, one part funny. Uh, it's all real, his closer for the, for the show. And, uh, oh God, when he wrapped that up and then it was, it was more than a mic drop. It was a mic flip. It was like, motherfucker, here it goes. Ah. Oh. So good. So fucking great. Sam, who needs to be bitch slapped, writes, he's an amazing comedian, but I didn't like the closer. How? He says it felt like an apology to the woke. Oh, you're so full of shit. Grow a fucking ear. It was anything but an apology. It was him doubling down, you idiot. Oh, God. Oh, shit. You you know, I, I want to, you deserve 300 seconds. But I'm in too good of a mood to give you 300 seconds. What an ass, what an asshole thing to say. Fit an apology. <laughs> he told transgender people to suck his dick. What type, of, <laughs> what type of apology are you talking about? Watch it again, you fucking dits. Oh, what a, that's one of the dumbest things I've seen today. You just earned asshole the day points. Holy shit. And an apology. Oh, shit. Thank you, Jason. Jason has sense. If anything, it was a fuck you. Uh, it was a total uh, uh, fuck you to the woke community. Yeah, dude. Come on. Get your wait, I, were you doing something else when you were watching it? Were you like fucking painting your toenails? That's why I loved it so much. Because he uh very intricately and painstakingly described where he's coming from. He is a supporter of transgender people. He's the biggest supporter of transgender people. I don't know how they uh, they can. Act. If you're a uh, if you're a transgender person and you're piss- or uh, part of the uh, hang on <laughs> the LGBTQ plus whatever the fuck you are community and you watch that and you didn't change your tune, you're a fucking idiot. I'll just say that right to your face. You're a stupid fuck, is what you are. All right, watch that thing while I'm at it. Uh, Adam writes, he's the only comedian who has actually made me uh, cry during a performance. He's talking about that exact show. I know what you're talking about, Adam. That story about his friend got me. You're not the only person I've heard say that. Yeah, I love Chappelle, but I didn't like this. What? This was a masterpiece. Jesus. All right. Uh, 
say there was something else here I wanted to read. Uh, there you go. Kyle, who I think Kyle's into dick. He wrote, I think we need to change our name to that. LG, LBGTQ plus, whatever the fuck you are. You see, Kyle gets it, man. He rolls with it. Out of all of my gay friends, he gets it. You can't not get it if you listen to this show. If you listen to the show and you like it, you're, you know, you've, you've got some, in my opinion, you're, you're, you're seeing it through appropriate, through an appropriate lens. I love that so much about him. All right. By the way, I don't give a shit who you sleep with. You all know that. Um, oh, I know what I want to talk about. I've gotten, I've heard, I've gotten suggestions from people about the Netflix show. Is it uh, a squid game or squib game? What I've, I forget which one it is. I've seen people talk about it and, uh, that I should be watching that sounds to me one part hunger games. If I understand correctly, this is something that is, uh, you know, several episodes might even be more than one season by now. And I think the idea it's squid. It is squid game and it's, uh, made in another country. And I think they had to dub in, uh, English. So it, it looks like a, uh, the lips moving with the, um, with the, uh, it doesn't match up with the, with the spoken words. And, uh, it was described to me as like a bunch of people are down on their luck and they need money and they participate in a game show type of thing. And, but they don't know it, but if you lose a game, you die. <laughs> so, uh, really dark, obviously that's about all I know about that. And uh, Tyler says, it's awesome, but I'm guessing that I won't like it. Yeah, you're kind of right on that. Some of those shows make me extremely anxious. Uh, Corey says, use the subtitles, not the dubs. I could handle that. I've watched shows with subtitles before, and I can, I can follow along. I can read enough. I can read well enough that I can make it out. But I don't know, man. I am very, very um, selective on what I choose to watch. Ooh. So I don't know. We'll see. But I, I, I just couldn't get over that Chappelle thing. It was so sweet, dude. Okay. Now, where I live, uh, everybody has a problem with... The, well, there's a lot of crazy fucks where I live who hate gay people and hate transgender people. All right. And as I understand this correctly, there, uh, the local library system in our community uh, is called uh, Kent County. It's called the Kent District Library. And I think there, listen to what everybody's pissed off about. There is a book for young people and it's called like, uh, uh, checkmate or check me or something like that. It's a hockey book. It's a hockey book for young people. And, uh, the illustration has like, uh, it's almost written in, um, uh, it's like a cartoon or, uh, you know, like, a uh, animated characters. Okay. And 
it's the story of a, a young person who I think is has changed their gender or something like that. Now, uh, this goes hand in hand with Chappelle and his point in Chappelle's without stealing too much sun, uh, thunder is, um, you know, you had to come from your mother. You had to come from a woman. You had to come from that gender. So by birth, um, he's a big, yes, you can change your gender, but scientifically you were, you were born a woman or you were born a man. So he talks about that. Check please is the name of the book. So, and he's very, Chappelle is very respectful to people who have changed their gender. He doesn't like mislabel them or anything like that. Like, yes, uh, um, you can, uh, like his friend that he talks about at the end, he refers to the friend as a, she He does do that. Um, he's not an asshole about it, but he, he also has a lot of very common sense approach about it, uh, in the special, um, and a hilarious one too. Uh, but he also comes from a place where if you want to talk about equality, how is it that, um, uh, a black man doesn't have equality and a, a man who, a white man who becomes a woman does. You can be a black man who becomes a woman and have a better chance at equal rights in today's world than a black man who does not change his gender. And it's hard to argue that point. So that's a big portion of uh, the closer. In this book, check please, the kid's changing his sex. And that is not good. The, The people that run the library are like, oh my God, we gotta destroy this book. Listen to this. In recent months, public meetings have become battlefields in a heated culture war, but it's usually the citizens taking a stand. Not this time. In Byron Township, trustees are the ones calling out the Kent District Library over a book some of them found offensive. News 8, Susan Sam. So the trustees, they kind of like have meetings about uh, about the library. It's like a, almost like a school board for the local library. Polls examined the conflict after a tipster sent in a link to that meeting. Susan, what'd you find? That's right. That tipster was concerned because the township township supervisor implied he might want to defund the library if it didn't get rid of this book here. But the township clerk assured me today the supervisor was speaking off the cuff and the library is safe. The uh, the uh, the uh, he's just an asshole. Them saying him speaking off the cuff is basically saying, yeah, he's kind of an asshole. Wouldn't that be great if, uh, if they said that this book here. about the township supervisor? Yeah, I don't like gay people, and I don't like people who are uh, changing their sex, and I hate them, so this is filth and trash. We should no longer fund the library. But the township clerk assured me today the supervisor was speaking off the cuff and the library is safe. Still, the meeting gives you insight into the current culture conflict, the Constitution, and how library leaders defend it. Nobody should take it. Well, I don't, I disagree with you there. We can agree to disagree. No, but it's trash. Late September, Byron Township trustees confronting the head of the Kent District Library. This thing was in the library, and this thing ain't fit for me to read hardly. Oh, she sounds brilliant. Okay, anybody guess what she looks like? Byron Township trustees confronting the head of the Kent District Library. This thing was in the library, and this thing ain't fit for me to read hardly. Leave alone any 10-year-old kid. 
A mom had complained after her 10-year-old son pulled this book off a shelf labeled teen at the Caledonia KDL branch this summer. A graphic novel, Check Please, includes drinking and swearing and a coming-of-age story about a college hockey player who's gay. But it's Tax not... dollars are providing trash. It's people. not... doesn't rise to the level of being unconstitutional. And because it does not rise to the level of being unconstitutional, it will not get pulled off the shelf. The book, explained KDL head Lance Werner, is meant for 10th grade and above and does not constitute unprotected speech, which includes obscenity, child pornography, and hate speech. Yeah, those are the three things that that, lot, that you cannot put out. That would be, it would be okay if the book had those three things, child porno, hate speech, and the other thing. If the book were any of those things, Warner says they would pull it. I guess where we're sitting is just not sure how long we want to give you guys $1.6 million a year and provide you a building for all this legal stuff. (laughs) This crazy bitch says, that is a chick, right? I don't know. Says, we're going to take away your funding. You know, because I think it's absolutely despicable, but... I hope that I hope that doesn't come to pass. You know, we care well, about the community and we care about you, yeah, but we're not well, willing to violate the Constitution. Yeah, and we'll turn that's it. personnel from the library saying, "Look, you, you're take it up with the Constitution, fuckface. I, it, it's not my decision to make. You're gonna have to go fight that." Into a shoe store. That'll be too bad for the kids here. Of the seven citizens who spoke about KDL, two, a husband and wife, one back up. Then when I hear that dumb bitch again, into a shoe store. That'll be too- I think it's absolutely despicable, but well, I hope that I hope that doesn't come to pass. You know, we care well, about the community and we care about you, yeah, but we're not willing to violate the Constitution. Yeah, and we'll turn it into a shoe store. That'll yeah. be too bad for the kids here. Yeah. Of the seven citizens who spoke about KDL, two, a husband and wife, wanted the book pulled. The husband addressed two. a library supporter. Supposedly, you're standing up for the first. Supposedly. Boy, what a what a horrible thing to say, supposedly. Have you ever heard somebody say that and you realize you don't have to listen to anything else that they say? If they're trying to if someone's trying to make a good point and they say supposedly, you, you're just like, oh God, I can't even I'm out of here. And citizens who spoke about KDL to a husband and wife It's one- like the same dumb fucks who spell lose L double O S E the book pulled the husband addressed a library supporter i can guarantee you every one of these dumb fucks are not vaccinated supposedly you're standing up for the first amendment doesn't sound like it to me sounds like you got one way and that's the only way guess what (laughs) that's how it works and that's up your asshole we don't like that here from one of the library's five defenders if i didn't want my child to KDL, which has 20 branches, says it has had four challenges to books so far this year. Citizens fill out a form. KDL usually gets two to three challenges per year, so there is an uptick. The American Library Association tells me it's seen an increase in efforts to remove books, too, especially books about racism. Back to you. Okay. Certainly controversial, Susan. We'll continue to follow it. Thank you. I live in a fucking hellhole. I am surrounded by fucking morons. Okay, not all of them, but enough. 
There's enough stupid. I think it's like that everywhere you go, frankly. But what a bunch of fucking idiots. Oh. Okay. In the chat right now. Just caught my eye. Cardiff Electric. Says, I heard that you had a fake Cardiff Electric on last week. Well, that is another variable I never considered. And let me just tell you, Cardiff Electric, if that is true, that fake Cardiff we had on last week uh, pissed off everyone. There are only a handful of people who are on board with the Unblock Cardiff uh, movement. They uh, were so upset at me for featuring you on the show. Um, Kenny, Dirk, uh, they were, they were, they, they didn't like the fake Cardiff on here. So perhaps I should, uh, have the real one on again, um, to prove the excellence, uh, for being the most popular podcast on the internet today. I mean, there's a reason why that exists. So my mistake then. <laughs> so Cardiff, we are going to have to have you back on so that the audience can see just really how fantastic you are. If that was a fake Cardiff, you know now, and I'm also not seeing right now, Cardiff, the usual people that are voicing their displeasure about you. In fact, I'm seeing nothing but support. Cole from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, Aram in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Patriot Nick now goes by Cardiff Electric number one fan. So you see, you see, Cardiff, that the movement is growing. And I'm not seeing any hatred on the live chat right now. So clearly they love you now. Look at Kenny's saying, I had a feeling it wasn't the real dude anyway. There you go. I mean, we, we had a real shit show. Cardiff says I'll be on Friday for our weekly segment Thursdays with Cardiff electric. Well, if you say so, I mean, honestly, when you have this big of a hitter, okay. When you have this big of a hitter, uh, you want, whenever you, whenever the big hitter says, I want to be on, you let him on. Like if Joe Rogan calls me up, who's almost as popular as you and said, Hey, I want to be on Wednesday. Well, then he's going to be on there. Uh, Dirk, I don't know what he's talking about. He writes, there's a reason I now pause the show early. That way there, I, that way there, I can fast forward through your shark jumps. He's referring to this as a jumping of the shark. I, you know, um, okay. That is, uh, apparently the, he's very, he's very upset and, uh, referring to you as a polarizing topic. Cardiff says, I heard that the fake Cardiff electric was in fact Dirk. Well, I guess that's possible. Are you saying that this is all a ruse? All right. Well, 
Okay, look. I have to go tinkle. So you guys can just talk about how much you love Cardiff on the chat, and I am going to go tinkle, okay? I will be back in a minute, and then we will continue the show, okay? Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Ah, boy, that feels good. Um, Tyler says, so yeah, anyways, that shit with the library is pretty crazy. It sure is, man. Joe Pellerino says, did you wash your hands? I did not. I did not wash them. They have ball juice on them. All right. All right, A&E Heating and Cooling invites you to reach out to them, 616-516-8579. If you need that furnace tuned up, okay? Super important. It's getting cold. Tune up the furnace, 616-516-8579. It's very important because, you know, I mean, there could be something that's wrong with it, and you don't want uh, bad things happening. If there's something wrong with it, it would be uh, running inefficiently if it isn't cleaned regularly, and that is a problem because... Well, the uh, heating costs are going to go up quite a bit this year, about 52% expected. So there will be some sticker shock when you get your bill this year. Uh, So A&E Heating and Cooling wants to make sure that your uh, equipment is running as efficiently as possible. Or if you need a new one installed, they will install the Comfort Maker brand of furnaces and air conditioners. Blue Frost IT, the managed IT service provider for this show. If you, uh, in your small or medium-sized business, need any type of uh, tech help, reach out to Blue Frost IT, whether it's a project work, uh, it's project work like um, they're redoing the office or something like that, or you're moving to another facility and you need the infrastructure set up in the walls with line drops and things like that, new servers set up, new computers set up, they do it all. Reach out to them and they'll take care of all your needs because honestly, for whatever your business is, you're, you might be buying a computer that isn't exactly suited to whatever it is. Maybe it's graphic design or you need a certain type of video card or sound card. Hang on. I got to sneeze. It's there and it won't come out. All right. Screw it. Don't you hate that? You're like, ah, oh, anyway. Uh, also, if you need managed work done. So if uh, you get in the weeds, uh, what are you going to do? Unplug everything and take it to Best Buy? No, no, no. You call on Blue Frost IT. You uh, are already set up with a uh, monthly stipend to them, taking care of them uh, so that they are your uh, tech support. It's like having your own staff, okay, without having to pay for insurance and parking passes. Blue Frost IT, call them 616-285-50 or reach out uh, on email info at bluefrostit.com. Okay. And then you got this one. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage, no matter where you are in the U.S., with the exception of South Carolina, Maine, Hawaii, and Alaska, reach out to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage, 231-332-6505. Thank you so much. Uh, get a mortgage before before you need uh, before you start shopping for the house and uh, make sure that you shop for a house that's a, I don't know, ten twenty thousand dollars $20,000 less than the mortgage that you have been pre-approved for because there will be a bidding war. NMLS number 3035. Okay. 
Uh, update on Alec Baldwin. This is, uh, this is messy. This is starting to get really weird. Okay. First of all, the assistant director said, we got a cold gun. And he's walking around with like a cart of prop weapons. Alec, this gun is cold, which I guess is slang for completely safe. This gun definitely will not, uh, uh blow some lady away. Who's just standing there doing her job. Uh, who has a husband and a son. This is 1 million percent safe. It is cold. It also won't shoot the director. Okay, thanks. Bang. Oh, my God. Uh, there was a detailed report that just came out um, that described some of the event, but uh, didn't really indicate whether or not this there was actually a live round. Which, if that is the case, I'm like, how in the world could that possibly be? You don't even go onto a set, as I'm understanding, with live ammunition. Um, it's there. Everything is all those uh, uh, blanks that uh, don't even have a projectile that would shoot out of it. And the only way that it could shoot anything out of it would be, I don't know, uh, if if the material that is the blank, which is the just a shell with wad in it and fucking gunpowder, no projectile, something could get lodged in the barrel, I guess. But, <clears throat> so still, uh, they, they, they still don't know what the fuck it was. But uh, the story, according to the New York Times, which I don't know how accurate this is, uh, the weapon fired when Baldwin pulled the trigger a few minutes later, discharging a live projectile. That's what they're writing. Now, they, they, the writing might be weird. They, they might not have that right. But if you have an actual bullet leaving uh, a cartridge, holy shit, that's fucking somebody's actually taking bullets and saying someone's going to get killed here and doing it intentionally. And I'm not... This might have, this might be a, someone actually doing that. You never know. I am not, uh, sidestepping the conspiracy theory about, uh, Alec Baldwin, uh, being set up. That's what I floated last week. And, uh, I'm seeing a few, uh, discussions of this online from various crazy websites, you know, the usual crackpots that exist in the world, which I don't even like contributing to that, but, if we do find out that it actually was a bullet, then there's like, well, how the fuck does that happen? One, what, where, huh? Um, so there's that. And then there was, um, the crew working the film describing on set gun safety issues and misfires day be days before the fatal shooting. And, and a cinematographer, uh, I should say a half dozen camera crew workers walked off the set to protest working conditions. Yeah. You're in a union. You got that type of muscle. We're not, we're not working here. It's not safe. And they walk off. Holy shit. That's a huge element to this story. This is from the LA times, the camera operators and their assistants were uh, frustrated by the conditions surrounding this film. 
complaints about long hours, long commutes, and waiting for their paychecks, according to three people familiar with the matter who are not authorized to comment. Um, safety protocols that are standard in the industry, including gun inspections, were not strictly followed on the set. Oh, my God. They said at least one of the camera camera operators complained last week to a production manager about gun safety on the set. Holy shit. Three crew members who were present at the ranch on Saturday said they were particularly concerned about two accidental prop gun discharges. Wow. Uh, Baldwin stunt double accidentally fired two rounds Saturday after being told that the gun was cold. Uh, including blanks. Um, uh, two crew members who witnessed the episode told the LA times there should have been an investigation into what happened. A crew member said there were no safety warnings. There was no assurance that it wouldn't happen again. All they wanted to do was rush, rush, rush. So these particular moments that I'm describing happened before the fatality fatality. A pro, uh, a colleague was so alarmed by the prop gun misfires that he sent a text message to the unit production manager. We've now had three accidental discharges. This is super unsafe. According to a copy of the message reviewed by the LA times, the safety of our cast and crew is the top priority of rust productions and everyone associated with the company. I don't think it was. Uh, though we were not made aware of the official complaints concerning weapon or prop safety on set, we will be conducting an internal review of our procedures while production is shut down. Oh, you mean after someone died? We will continue to cooperate with the Santa Fe authorities in their investigation. God, it was fucking awful. I saw uh, Alec Baldwin walking with the, uh, the widow, the dad, and the kid. I'm like, oh, my God. This is the worst. Um, all happened Thursday. It was filming of a gunfight that began in a church on scene. Baldwin's character was supposed to go back, was to back out of the church. Um, it was the 12th day of a 21 shoot. Uh, I think I say Helena, Helena Hutchins. That's the uh, mom, the cinematographer was huddled around a monitor lining up her next camera shot when it all went down, when Baldwin fired the gun. He was preparing to film a scene in which he pulls the gun out of a holster, according to a source close to the production. Crew members had already shouted, cold gun on set. The filmmaking team was lining up its camera angles and had yet to retreat to the video village, which is an on-site area where the crew gathers to watch filming from a distance via a monitor. Instead, the B camera camera operator was on a dolly with a monitor checking out the potential shots. Uh, the, the woman, Hutchins, was also looking at the monitor from over the operator's shoulder, as was movie director Joel Souza, who was crouching behind her. Baldwin removed the gun from its holster once without incident, but the second time so he did so, ammunition he, it, it fired. Ammunition flew toward the trio around the monitor. 
this is written as the projectile, which again is a could be a bullet, whizzed by the camera operator. Again, Hutchins is over dude's shoulder. Uh, went through her, hit Souza. Hutchins immediately fell to the ground as crew members applied pressure to, to the wound in an attempt to stop the bleeding. Late Friday, the Associated Press reported Baldwin was handed a loaded weapon by an assistant director who indicated it was safe. All right. The person in charge of overseeing the gun props, which is known as the armorer, I remember hearing about this as a 24-year-old Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. She is the daughter of a person named Fel Reed, who also is a armorer. Her dad had like taught her the trade. Um, This is only her second film as the head armorer. Um, Earlier, uh, a bit of information had been released about this Hannah Gutierrez Reed. She was on some podcast and I heard her say, yeah, I remember the first film I did. I wasn't ready for that. It was a film called the old way with Clinton Howard and Nicholas cage. Yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty inexperienced and I don't know. I don't know how experienced she was. I mean, it's only her second film. Holy shit. 24 years old. Um, article talks about uh, labor trouble. I'm sure that happens a lot in the film industry. Oh my God. It seems to me like it's all a horrible accident, but it is negligence. And it wouldn't surprise me if uh, no one is charged criminally, but there is a massive lawsuit against the production and uh, Baldwin, who is a producer. You know, uh, if, if it is, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, I was watching the Today Show. They said it, it might be, um, you know, the buck stops here. And uh, this is just terrible. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm uh, the husband of, of this deceased lady. And when Alec Baldwin is hugging me, I'm going to say, yeah, you know, I, I know you didn't mean this, but I'm going to sue the fuck out of you. Uh, I hope you don't take offense when I sue. I hope you had a good insurance policy because now I have no wife and my son has no mother. And, uh, what uh, this is going to be made right by paying out of your asshole forever. Now, Baldwin won't pay it, but he'll get sued. Insurance will cover all that. The whole thing's absolutely horrible. Unless if there's some crazy conspiracy, which I don't think, but I still like floating the idea because it just seems crazy to me that this could even happen in the first place. And let me just say this. I have seen numerous people and it it just, it's part of uh, the, I, I think humanity is dying. Okay. It boggles my mind. That because Baldwin uh, is anti-gun, there are people in the world saying, ah, fuck him. I don't care if he's upset. I don't care if he killed somebody. Fuck that guy. Karma. What is wrong with you? That really bothers me that that is the way of the world these days. That, that you can look at that and say, and somehow take to how the guy feels politically and about guns and, and, and yank that thread into this and say, aha, he gets what he deserves. 
What? what, what? He, he deserves to feel bad because he killed somebody? Is that, is that, is that what you're, uh, oh God, that is, uh, that's some evil fucking shit right there. It, it really is disgusting to me. And I think whoever feels that way should be embarrassed by that. All right. Uh, I feel bad for the woman, fuck Baldwin, not because he's anti-gun, but because of the way he treats children. So it's okay that he feels bad because he treats children a certain, I, I, are you talking about when he screamed at the one kid on the, uh, on the, on the voicemail? Is that what you're talking about? Is that what, is that, is that what you're, cause I, I'd scream at my kids like that all the fucking time. Oh yeah. All right. There is a poacher that is dead and that makes me happy. Did you see the one about the suspected poacher uh, who is now dead when, okay. Uh, Going around somewhere in uh, uh, Africa, Kruger national park to kill elephants illegally for their ivory uh, hunting elephants for ivory, which is, yeah, I was reading another story that uh, elephants have started to adapt, which is really strange to me. They're, they're starting to be, um, uh, to have an adaptation where they don't have uh, tusks. Ivory does not grow on them. It's some, somehow, there's been some type of uh, uh, adaptation taking place that a large number of elephants that are being born never grow tusks to ensure that they're not uh, uh, slaughtered for them, which is just crazy to me. A suspected poacher is dead, stomped on by the elephant he was trying to kill. Yes! Wow. Rangers discovered the body uh, just the other day. After following the tracks in the uh, Stoll's Neck section of the Giant Game Reserve. So they're following the tracks. They're like, oh my God, look at this. They're like following, you know, big elephant track one after the other for a long distance. And suddenly you see an elephant track on the guy's fucking face as he's laying there. It's like right in the path. Uh, They should show his body just so we can all have a moment of joy. Initial investigations support that the deceased was killed by an elephant and left behind by his accomplices. The identity of the deceased was not released. The the Rangers did not find any animals killed in the immediate area. The spokesperson said Uh, park officials took the opportunity to warn that it is dangerous to hunt illegally in the park. Criminals stand to lose their lives and their freedom. The statement said, uh, Kruger National Park is South Af- Africa's largest wildlife sanct- sanctuary, encompassing nearly 5 million acres. The game reserve is also one of the hardest hit regions in the country for rhino po- uh, poaching as well. So these scumbags go ahead and kill these creatures. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but uh, uh, whenever I see a big game hunts, you know, I uh, e- even though the people that... Uh, do the big game hunt legally. Like, let's say they uh, kill a big fucking lion or I don't know. uh, Do they hunt giraffe? I don't know. I think you can hunt just about anything. 
and and uh, really rich fucking white people go over to what, whatever spot in the globe and pay the locals a ton of cash, and then they they kill the animal. I get it. I get it. I'm not anti-hunting in any way, shape, or form, but I'm like, oh fuck, how do you do that? And the, the you know it's it's legal, perfectly legal, and then they uh, harvest the animal and they uh, they you know it. Uh, I think they. Well, at least I'm told that they, they, they eat it. The locals eat it. I mean, I can't imagine eating a lion or some fucking fried giraffe uh, steaks or whatever, but uh, that's what I'm told. I still, I can't, who the fuck wants to do this? Why would you want to do this? Why can't you just go and, um, okay, you got your binoculars and you see him walking into the area where you could shoot him. But why don't you just take a picture or something? Wouldn't that isn't that the same thrill of the hunt? Why do you sick fucks have to kill the fucking thing? You know? And then even uh, even uh, here in Michigan, you know the uh, the deer population, it's very important that they stay that it stays uh regulated. Like these hunters that go out, like Andrea and Jason, they go out and they like kill deer with their bare hands. Like, holy shit. I can't, I can't imagine. It's very important that they do that because they don't, they get uh, too, too full. The population gets too full. And then the, uh, they, the, the deer get diseased. The entire population gets waste, uh, uh, gets completely decimated, chronic wasting disease, shit like that. It's very important. I understand that. It's just fucking, I can't do it. To me, you're all bloodthirsty fucking mongrels. Holy shit. I would be just weeping. There was a video I saw on the dodo the other day. That's what I do. While you sick fucks go and murder deer, I I sit at home and watch the dodo. Um... And I'm very conflicted this uh, with this because uh, Charity Scam Mike, my brother-in-law, this sick bastard slaughtered one last year and we ate it the other day and it was so good. Oh my God. It was so delicious. I am not, I am completely conflicted. I get that. I'm a flawed soul. I eat lamb for God's sake. The cutest creature on the planet. I eat that. I know. I'm not anti-hunting. I just couldn't do it. Uh, the dodo video is this cute deer comes walking up and the guy opens up his sliding glass door and he's like, Oh, Hey, how you doing deer? And then he turns the camera goes up and into this little thicket outcomes. I'm not kidding you. Like 15 deer, young, old, they're all like, Hey, let's go see this nice one. This nice one's not going to shoot a fucking projectile through us. We love this Alec Baldwin guy. Bam! incredible i love nature so much so no i'm i'm actually worse than you sick bastards who murder these deer i'm worse than that because i love all these animals but i will eat them so i am actually worse than all of you sick people who kill these animals Ugh. The only thing I should, I should probably, I should probably be a vegetarian. 
That way, um, I can then really get behind uh, ca- it calling you you murderers out. Okay, that way I can say with a clear conscience that you are all sick fucks who hunt. And then I could say you could you could uh, substitute tofu for the venison. You could eat these soy products. Instead of the fish, because you're harming the fish. Fuck all that shit. I'm going to eat it all. All right. Uh, I'd love you to be a sponsor of this show. To do so, you got to reach out to me. Send me an email, eric at ericzaneshow.com. I would love to hear from you, hear about your business, and uh, talk about your business. So uh, if you send me an email, I'll tell you all about it and how it works. That's how I've been able to survive for this long. Local sponsors, thank you so much. Uh, Some of which are the following. First of all, I've got a beautiful dumpster divers dumpster in my driveway right now. It's uh, about two thirds full. Thank you, Kyle from dumpster divers. Call or text. Hey, said I'm delivering the dumpy today. 616-375-9962. He's going to pull up, uh, show up today and pick up the dumpy. I've got a big ass Christmas tree, a uh, artificial Christmas tree that I need to throw out. It's useless. Don't try to pick it out of there. And it's heavy. I actually need him to help me put it in there. It's sitting in my mudroom. Uh, dumpster divers, call them 616-375-9962. Call or text if you're in West Michigan and you need a dumpster. That's who you call. Also, uh, junk removal. Just throw all the shit in your driveway. Have these bastards pick it up. Unfortunately, if somebody dies, you hire them to say, everything in this house is shit. We don't want any of it. Throw it all away. Okay? If you've got a hoarder in your life, this happens. This is legit. He he lives through this. He's had to uh, deal with this. You got a hoarder in your life who croaks, okay? And, you know, that's a horrible thing to even consider going through all that filth inside of that fucking house. Have these assholes do it. Reach out to them, 616-375-9962. Clean up your the hoarder shit show. How about demolition removal? Uh, contractor Stefan Hyde. Uh, hire the folks at Dumpster Divers to uh, rip apart a room that they're going to be redoing. They will do that for you. Horizon Hydroponics. It's the indoor growing season right now. If you're growing indoors, do consider them for anything at all that you need. Uh, Maybe your fertilizers, soils, some hydroponics equipment, whatever it is, you can order it online. Six one, I'm sorry, at uh, horizonhydroponics.com. H-O-R-I-Z-E-N hydroponics.com. Uh, order from anywhere in the U.S. Orders two fifty and more delivered to you free, and uh, or you can order it locally and pick it up at any one of the four uh, area locations: Grand Rapids, Byron Center, Lansing, Kalamazoo. So, if your order is not over two hundred and fifty dollars, you just want to pick it up. You can do that. Use the coupon code Zane Show at checkout. That will save you ten percent. Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV invites you that uh, to reach out to them. If you need anything at all fixed on your car, keep it uh, running in tip-top condition. Or if something goes wrong, you want to get that taken care of. Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. 616-532-6600. Irvine's.com. If you need more information or if you want to check out their Google reviews, E-R-V-I-N-E-S.com. Thank you for supporting the sponsors, as always. Uh, Let's see. Patriot Nick writes, if you go vegetarian, I may stop listening. 
you'd become the pretentious vegetarian who reminds us he's a vegeta- vegetarian every half hour. There is no chance of that happening. I can promise you that. Uh, let's see. Love the dodo, says Adnan. Oh, dude, I could get lost. All I do before I go to bed is watch clips from the Sopranos and the dodo videos. Does the mountain lion care how much the deer wants to live? And does that make the mountain lion evil? I don't know, man. Kyle writes, meatless burgers take taste just as good as regular burgers if you take a regular burger and rub it in shit. Adam says, I'd be less offended by people wanting to hunt elephants or giraffe if it was just them versus the animal. I mean, you can have a sword or other melee or other or other melee. Mm-hmm. But no guns, no projectiles. Well, that's not going to happen. I would like to see. Yeah, that that would be interesting, though. A, a giant dude with a with a sword. But no, seriously, that would be a horrible death for the animal. You got to understand, these hunters are skilled. They know where to shoot the animal so that when they harvest it, it dies as quickly as possible. So that's kind of a fucked up thing you just suggested, Adam. I would expect no less. Irony is taking vegetables and dressing them up to look like meat. This is true. All right, enough on that shit. I need to detail the story of uh, NFL football player Geno Smith. Now, this guy, uh, he seems like he can't get out of his own way as he's uh, playing quarterback for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. They are without their, uh, what's the guy's name who starts for the Seahawks? Russell Wilson, who's really great. I love that guy. So, uh, Geno Smith is the starting quarterback. Uh, I forget where he played. Uh, I don't know, West Virginia, I think, Geno Smith, and then he played uh, a little bit with the Jets, and he sucked. The guy was terrible, okay? Um, This story, though, is enough, I think, that if I were running a team and I found out that uh, this happened, I would I would fire him. I would cut him from the team, and, uh, and, and then the NFL should, like, ban him, just like they did Colin Kaepernick. Because of how stupid this guy is. You don't want this type of stu- uh, person, this stupid, uh, actually earning money. You don't want a person this dumb to be rich. The quarterback, uh, this story is coming out that in 2014, uh, he was playing for the Jets. And the team traveled, the Jets traveled to uh, San Diego for a game in October of 2014. The team was having a meeting at 5 p.m. Everybody was there except Geno Smith. He's at a movie theater watching a film. 
His phone starts blowing up. Dude, uh, you're starting. Mark Sanchez is hurt. You, this is what we all, you all, you knew that we had this meeting. He goes, yeah, I know. It says 5 p.m. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, everything got off. He didn't show up. He missed the fucking meeting because this guy, Geno Smith, did not know that there are, there's a thing called time zones that LA time is different than New York time. He had never heard of such a thing. They, he, it was all like wizardry to him. This is a dude in his twenties and he wasn't aware of this. According to the article for the majority of his early life, Seahawks quarterback, Geno, it should say for the majority of his life, Geno Smith did not know about time zones. Grew up in Florida played college football, West Virginia, and began playing with the Jets. All of the locations are on the East Coast and operate under Eastern time. It wasn't until 2014 that this all started on this trip. Holy crap. On that Saturday, Smith, and actually some teammates, so maybe some other teammates didn't know either, went to the movies 5 p.m. Pacific time thinking they had three hours to spare before attending. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it was an 8 p.m. meeting. I'm getting it wrong. It was 5 p.m. Pacific time. The meeting was scheduled for 8 p.m. Eastern time, and they made that clear. So at 5 p.m. Pacific time, that's when the meeting's starting. Yeah, they said 8 o'clock. It's 5. According to the New York Post, Smith realized his mistake 30 minutes into the movie after calling a teammate, the second-year quarterback rushed back to the hotel and arrived 10 minutes after the meeting ended. When he spoke with reporters two days later, he owned up to his mistake. I kind of felt like I let a lot of people down. That's definitely not of my character to be to not be on time for a meeting. I was just very apologetic in that instance. It's like, well, we believe you. We believe that you didn't do it on purpose. We also believe that you're stupid. You're, you're not guilty of anything other than just being stupid. And that's okay. That's at least better than negligence or just like, hey, I don't give a shit about not going. So he seems like a really nice, stupid soul. Then Jets head coach Ryan Rex Ryan called the incident an honest mistake. No, I wouldn't categorize it as an honest mistake. He needs to call it what it is. It's a stupid mistake. If you're the, if you're being honest, if we're talking honesty, you should say, well, you got to understand Geno Smith is stupid. He can do everything with a football except sign it. And so when you're stupid, you don't know what time zones are. And now he knows. So hopefully he won't forget, but this is, let's not mince words here. This is not an honest mistake. It's a stupid mistake. He felt terrible about it, Ryan said. Well, I believe that. But yeah, you feel terrible because you're stupid. It's a mistake. He's not the only guy this has ever happened to. Oh, I believe that too, because plenty of football players are stupid. So you don't need to make excuses for him. You just need to say the truth. He's a stupid man. I think, he writes, I think he'll learn from it. Can you imagine if he did not actually learn from it? I think he'll learn from it, he said. And then Rex Ryan said, I know he will. Not now. Okay. If it happened again, though, I mean, seriously. 
Uh, during the game, things only got worse for him as he got pummeled. But that was a long time ago. That was, you know, seven years ago. He's a much older player now. He's actually, uh, he makes some he makes some costly mistakes for the Seahawks. I've been watching a few of his games, but he's, he's actually uh, good enough as a backup. But my God, how embarrassing would that be if he didn't even know what the fuck time zones were? Holy shit. Okay. Uh, and I, I want to leave it with this one too. Um, every time you hear about somebody who is old and lived a long, fantastic life, you hear about what is the secret of life, old person? And rarely do they ever say, well, I've, um, I've never drank. I've never smoked. I've uh, never lived carelessly. I've always taken care of myself. I've always exercised. You never hear that. You always hear, well, I keep smoking. Or, you know, a couple shots of vodka. Or, uh, you know, I drink some whiskey. It's always those people who live a really long time. As we bring in Margaret DeLulo of West Lawn, Pennsylvania. 106. And how about this? She's actually mentioning the brand that she drinks every single day. So now it's either she's doing that or this company found out about it and said, all we need you to do is voice this once and we're going to give you as much booze as you can, you can have for the rest of your life. You're going to be doing two things, uh, drinking. And if you want getting tons of dick because you're supplied with all this booze, you can bring anybody home. I don't know where that came from. I think I just made that up. Margaret loves to drink yingling. Can you imagine if you, if you said you angling, cause that's what it looks like. It's yingling. It's uh, brewed out there. Uh, extremely popular. Uh, I remember living out there. I was like, Oh God, give me a yingling. Give me a yingling. I think it's uh it's kind of like founders, isn't it? Isn't yingling like, uh, I mean, that's like a, a must have beer. Isn't it yingling? Founders and Oberon, aren't those the three? I don't know which one is the most popular. I think Founders has uh, all sorts of different brews. I don't drink any of it, but I think Oberon, isn't that the one that they make with like uh, oranges and shit? Margaret credits the lager, one lager a day with the fact that she has lived this long. In return, the brewery says it wanted to show its appreciation for her loyalty for these many decades. Um, according to the local news, well, boy, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, uh, what is the gift that you're giving her? All right. They stopped by with a yingling truck full of beer. Well, that's awesome. So she's getting her booze. Uh, let's get a picture of uh, what she looks like. You know, that if you're like me, the first thing you do um, when you um, 
when you hear about somebody living a long life, a long life, like really, really long, you should take a look at them and you're like, well, let's see how she looks and look at her. She's upright. She's got, look at all this beer she has. She's got one in her hand. Her hair is done. She's got a nice outfit. Her nails are done. Uh, the, that knee looks very artificial or swollen. And there's, uh, there's her getting the, getting the beer. She's happy. She's going to knock one back. I don't know, man. If, if I'm her and I'm drinking one a day, I'm like, what's the point? You got to knock back like three or four, right? Catch a buzz. Uh, Nick says a lifetime supply of beer. So a case or two, well, that's a heartless thing to say. Uh, you're just suggesting she'll be dead in like 50 days. What an asshole. Dirk says, I'm surprised you're not talking about how hot she is. Uh, you're a disgusting human being. I want you to know that. All right. So there you go. Congrats. 106 years old. You know, my dad being 87 years old, you know, and when you get that old, you start, you start to work into your uh, playbook of conversation about your longevity. And uh, I'm using that as a, uh, as a template for what not to do when I get to be his age. Because nothing breaks a, a, a son or a daughter's heart more when your parents start like, well, you know, I only got so much time. Well, I know I'm just, uh, so yeah, I'm kind of losing my mind. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be gone before you know, you cannot, you would, you shut the fuck up. I have, uh, there have been several things that my parents have done over the years that I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's a real horrible thing to do that you're, uh, that you're suggesting right there or you're doing. And no, I'm not going to talk about my impending death. The fuck is wrong with you? Kate says, I do that to my daughters all the time. You're like my age. What? Why would you do that? But anyway, if my dad's 87, you know, it'd be just like him to add another like 35 years on top of that. Him to be that old. Which that would make him, I don't even know, 9,717, 122. I would be in my, I'd be his age right now. All right, one more thing, final thought. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, I meant to talk about this when I was talking about Tom Brady's 600th uh, touchdown pass. Before the game, there was some little, little buddy, little fella, and he's holding up a sign. And all this does is adds to the legend of Tom Brady. Okay. And you got a little kid. It says, Tom Brady, help me beat cancer. Oh my gosh. Of course he did. Of course Tom Brady helped him beat cancer. Okay. He's like one of the greatest people that's ever walked the planet. If you, if anybody on God's green earth doesn't like Tom Brady, you're just a bad individual. You're a horrible person. Okay. He's the abs. He's a, he's a dream. Okay. You, you get like Aaron Rodgers. Okay. 
when he scores the touchdown in Chicago, he's screaming at the fans, telling them to go fuck themselves. Okay, that's that's a big difference. That's a reason to hate Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady would never dream of doing that because he's a better individual. Aaron Rodgers is probably a good guy, but in the heat of battle, okay, uh, he's still telling fans to go fuck themselves. Okay, so there you go. So, of course, he helped this kid beat cancer. I wouldn't be surprised if Brady has is like John Coffey, you know, from the Green Mile, and he put his hands on the kid and went, ah, 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 and sucked the cancer out of him, and then pff, went flying up into the into the ether. Uh, but I uh, probably offered some motivation or uh, was uh, helped him when the kid was fighting uh, chemo. So he, you know that that's that's uh, what you now either that or the kid never had cancer. Maybe just maybe. The, it's a setup, you know, um, that Brady is like, I really want to, uh, amplify my, uh, my, my good, my nice vibes by suggesting that, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a cancer cure. So we'll just take any kid, shave his head, uh, uh, uh sh- and then have him hold that fucking sign. And then boom, you, you got, you got now that of course really didn't happen, but I'm just saying, if you're John Gruden, if John Gruden ever gets a chance to coach in the NFL, uh, you, you want to start with that. You got to go to that kid there and say, look, Hey uh, kid, I'll tell you what there, I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollars. If you show up with that sign, but you replace Tom Brady's name with uh, old John Gruden's name. What do you say there? That will be, uh, that would help Gruden get back in people's good graces. Asshole of the day, asshole of the day. Oh, shit. How would we describe um, people who want to cancel Tony Romo? Woke Romo haters? Yeah? That kind of flows, doesn't it? Woke. Tony Romo haters get it. You know, there are all those people saying that because Tony Romo, if you're just tuning in when, uh, well, the ball was handed, the 600th touchdown catch was handed to the kid and then they had to get the ball back and give it to Brady. And so, uh, what's his name? Tony Romo said this. Negotiations in NFL history. <laughs> right here, he's like, we need that ball. That's 600. What? Really? So what do you want? A million? No. Oh, no a day with this, Giselle. A day with on. Giselle and I'm in. Tom? Okay, Tom will do it. He'll love it. One time. You got it. We must cancel Tony Romo. He's encouraging prostitution. Oh, my God. That is horrible. All right. Aram concludes with, we are in an era where we can say we saw the greatest of all time. No one will see the likes of a Tom Brady, uh, Brady maybe ever again. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Okay. I got a Patreon coming up. I got a Patreon coming up. But listen, before I do that, I'm going right over to Twitch. I'm shutting this down and I'm firing up Twitch. We're going to talk some more, probably make fun of Dirk because he's a jackass. 
Who knows? It's uh, nothing special. I'm just getting used to the format, okay? Twitch.com slash Eric Zane Live. I'm shutting this down and going to that. Give me like two minutes. All right, thanks. Bye-bye.